Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of Grits in the City podcast, better known as Girls Raised in the South and the City. I'm Drea G. I'm Tasha, also known as the Black Rose. And I'm Yami T. And, and we're, we're the, the Grits. Hey, I know what I'm drinking to this week. I'm going to drink to, this is a little old school. But I'm going to drink to pick up lines. Hmm. You know, in New York, when you live in New York, you get a lot of pickup lines really? from everybody. They they do. They tell you you're beautiful every fucking day, especially in the summertime. I mean, when I'm walking on a block, I mean, to the bodega, I mean, I they guess. They tell you you're beautiful. That's to be expected, but. <laughs> but I guess pickup lines, maybe that's a more of a Southern thing. I, I love a good pickup line. Yeah, I like these corny ass, <laughs> outdated ass. I love because you've been running through my mind I'm all old day. Now, May- maybe I'm too New York. I love that shit. I'm not feeling it. You just be walking past their asses. They gonna beat your ass because I'm walking past. Because I'm gonna hit them like a New York woman is gonna hit them like fuck out of here. <laughs> There's a difference between you know regular old street cat calling and harassment, which to be honest, I don't mind that either. But and a straight up pickup line. You know, I mean, like, if a dude walks up to you, taps you on your shoulder, and what? asks you, did you hurt yourself? He gonna tap my ass. And then he says, that. because you must have fell from heaven. These pickup lines, I'm getting older. I gotta appreciate these men appreciating my beauty. Because there you go. They, I'm beautiful, and I know I'm beautiful. Touche. So I gotta appreciate this. So, what I'm toasting to today is, I'm gonna toast to $100 million woman. Is Ava DuVernay, who is a director, and she's directed films like A Wrinkle in Time. She's done uh, documentaries such as Teen. Impactful. She's done a lot of different things, and um, she's definitely come to the forefront in 2018. But we're bigging her up because... Uh, she just brokered a deal with Warner Brothers. Hey, a um, hundred million dollar deal. So wow. she's gonna be creating content for them from um, uh, film projects to to documentaries, just creating content and oh, just being in, in that vein. So just as a woman of color, okay. a woman of color in in film and media, I think that that is a huge deal. And it's, she's so pro black. You know, I mean, or maybe pro POC. Doing the damn thing. And mm-hmm. I mean. She got them dreads. So, you know, she, she does. She has a lot. Natural hair. About She's the pushing the movement, time. pushing the agenda forward. Shout out to her. But I don't know about the wrinkle Town. That was that Oprah movie. Oprah was in that. It yes. got a lot of buzz. <laughs> yes. Did. Was it a good movie? I heard it wasn't that good, though. It was a book before it was a film. Yeah. It was a classic. Right. Book. It was nice to see it reimagined with. Black characters. Yeah. Story itself is very classic in terms right. of, you know, you've got two kids and their father is away. It is a little black. Um, <laughs> but he was away doing great things. So, <laughs> but they were like raised by their mother. So essentially raised as a single parent. So a lot of those dynamics come into play. And so I love the fact that she kind of took ownership of that story. Not only, the, you know, because the father was actually not just an absentee father. He was doing great things in the universe, you know, because it is a science fiction tale. I expect to see amazing things from it. So... Yami, yeah, mean, what you toasting to? So you- this week, I am toasting to the way social media has impacted our lives, how, how deep it is. So if y'all have been following us grits, y'all might have noticed that I posted relationship. <laughs> you know, I went Facebook official, Instagram okay. official. It's official. Because, nice. you know, it didn't matter until we posted it on 
social media must be nice i know it's crazy because we were we actually went to homecoming together we were hugged up and hanging out in front of the same people yeah and then when we posted it on facebook they were like congratulations i don't like how they tried you like that with that congratulations hold on they was congratulating him too so oh they they (laughs) congratulating y'all for being in a relationship that's that new shit that's That's that social media hashtag black love so it's cool but you know because it connects so many people and you can deliver a message. But I just, I'm really just tripping on the way that it has really changed the way we do shit in, in the world. Yeah, man. But it's like when you take it to Facebook or social media. Now you're for real in a relationship. Right. You know. Yeah. So just it's little that things. fake shit. I hope y'all ain't in a fake relationship just like everybody else on social media. <laughs> Not, no. Don't do it for the gram. Don't no, do it for the gram. No, ma'am. All right, so we have what we are toasting to and okay. making a cheers to. Cheers. So do it. Cheers. Clink. So today, you know, for Southern Sound Off, you know, being here, you can't help but realize some of the stereotypes. For example, ladies, and you guys, you tell me you chime in, right? Misconceptions such as like, what is like stereotypes versus reality when we talk about things like discrimination, Yep. Or like race issues here. Yep. Yep. You know, haven't we all got, especially being from the South, when you tell people that you're from the South and you're talking to other people of color, automatically think that, oh, you know, they want to know what your experience was like there. Or, you know, they automatically assume the worst about. They did yes. do. They be thinking that, that we be having burning crosses in the South on okay. everybody's right. lawn. It's crazy. They dead ass up here. We thinking that shit. So I want to explore. So why, you know, are these like notions or misconceptions even put out there? Like, why are you asking us why, girl? Like, we well, look, I got a theory shit. though. I got a theory no. on this because, and so what I call this, like the overarching thing, I just refer to it as the northern racial arrogance, the northern's NRA, mm-hmm. and it's just as dangerous as the southern NRA. <laughs> <laughs> so, like the uh, the north. The northern racial arrogance, like they act like, oh, only in, like we're dumb and stupid and country and 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 black people just take anything and whatever. You know, mm. that's not real. Up here, my my view on this is because I've seen in New York is that everybody is voluntarily segregated and they were never forced to integrate. True. So they never had to deal with their racial shit. Right. Mm-hmm. I think in general in New York, they hide it under class. But guess what? It breaks out along racial lines. Classism, yes. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, like, my view on this is, like, whenever you get into this conversation with people and the kindest, nicest, liberal white person you know does not have a single black friend. They don't. They all racist. I don't care. They all So, <laughs> I'm not going to say they're all racist. Yeah, right. racist. I've said this a few times. I've never experienced more uh, workplace racism than I have. Right. So, but yeah. let me ask y'all this. So, where do y'all think it comes from? Obviously, historically, the South is viewed upon as a place where, you know, where we think about all these injustices yeah. happening. The Confederate, the war, and uh, shit. you know, burning crosses in yards, like you mentioned, mm. you know, lynchings, things like that. Yeah. So is is that the the stigma that's remained? So is that why people still to this day, you know, when they think about the South, you know, it's people, they may not never have visited the South. They may have mm-hmm. never visited any of these places. Yeah. But they have this vision in their mind as it's though. Be- it's like because, like, when I, I've had this conversation with a few different people, 
And it's like, they have this vision, but they've never been there. Right. Or even if they've been there, they come back and they're like, oh, and I just came back from a slave ship. Right. And I'm like, wait a minute now. They be you did not. Like, just stop. Because I've experienced more racism in your town right. than you experienced yeah. in Texas. Because you went That's to Texas true. and you actually went to Texas and as a boss, like, as a manager. Right. You were sitting at the head of the boardroom. And what That's why they sent you there. What experiences did you actually encounter which made you feel that way? None. They did not. But right. my thing is, it's not even about what they experienced there. It's what they're told here. Right. Because they're told here, down there, they're terrible. Right. But here... Like, they never but, dealt with themselves. But, Again, it's like, black people live in this neighborhood. Puerto Ricans live over here. The Trinities live over here. They never dealt but with themselves. But the thing is, I feel like they think that because New York, a liberal city, you know, in the South, Texas, Florida, all these, Georgia, all these places, is they're Republican. They're conservative. Yep. So we consider conservatives as racist. Mm-hmm. Like, right. that's how we consider it. So maybe that's and why. And liberal people are a lot more freer in their opinions. But the thing is, they're not freer in terms with black people and nope. shit. They're freer in terms of other things, like maybe religion or shit. Or they don't give a fuck about black people, or... sexuality. They don't give a fuck right. about black people up here in New York. Because I spent some shit in New York. When I first came to New York, I was dating this guy. And the cops pull us over. So I'm like, shit. They asked him to step out the car. They start questioning me and shit. They handcuffed his ass. So I'm know. like, what the fuck did this nigga do? I don't know his ass. So I'm like, did, is this nigga a drug dealer? What the fuck he this do? This was your man? So they interrogated his ass, violated whole rights. And then they're going to be like, oh, y'all can go. And I'm like, what the fuck? They just, they just literally interrogated our asses for like a couple of minutes. Let us go. And he told me, this was the back of the day when they had the stop and the frisk shit in New York, mm, yeah. where they could just stop any black person. See, and they stopped him because he drove a nice car, and they assumed he was a fucking drug dealer. Right. And, like, in New York, well, my personal experiences, I never experienced that shit in the South. Like, living in Houston, in New York, they don't give a fuck if you're a woman, if you're a man, especially if you black. They will stop your ass even if you're not speeding. If you're black with a nice car, they will stop your ass. And mm. these police... They seem crooked as fuck to me. Everybody know about NYPD. Tristan. I have like homeboys. Like, cause I know this happens in the South and I'm saying it doesn't. But I guess my point is it happens here too. Yep. And we were, we were going out and it was a situation where we were heading to a club. It was 10 o'clock. So it's that in-between time where it's really not that late, not that early. And um, they told my friends, an attorney, a financial wealth management guy, and myself, an accountant, we're walking up to the place, and they tell my friend, he's wearing some nice, low-prowl-type sneaks, and he was like, um, I'm sorry, we don't, let, we, we don't allow people in with sneakers. And my boys were starting to get ready. They pulled out their wallets, and they finna start bribing and all that. Right as that happened, this guy had walked out um, in some, I'm talking like New Balance, like for real, like I just went to the gym sneakers. And then he was about to come back in, and they let him right back in. And we were like, wait a minute, what about him? They're like, oh, well, he, he was in here before the cutoff time. Wait, what happened again? They, so, but they let a white person in? Yeah. And, like, that he didn't just have on sneakers. He had on, like, some nice, thin, what a nice little Adidas are. But they were, like, cool, low-profile mm. low type But sneakers. they do this shit all the time in New York because that happened to me as a black female. Like, me and my homegirl, we was at, like, a hookah bar. And, like, my homegirl had sneakers. And I had, I had heels on that day. But it was, like, a group of white girls. And these girls had on sneakers, flats, any fucking thing. And we were in the front of the line, literally. Yep. And they let all the little white basic ass bitches go in and shit. And the thing right. about it is, what trips me out, though, is because 
I told this story to other black people who were born or raised in New York. They were like, oh, I mean, wh what were they wearing? Where were they from? Well, and I was like, why are you defending the racism? Wait, right. New York people well, was defending that shit? I yeah. Think, I think that there is um, a lot of, like, we don't realize that it's racism because we're in a place where it's such a big melting pot and it's so accommodating to so many different ethnicities and nationalities. So, you know, well, what do you I, mean by accommodating? I don't believe that shit. Accommodating meaning they let you come and then put you in a neighborhood? Meaning that this black people that, know it's racist. Yeah, up here. and and this is a this is a place like you mentioned very early on where you know that they segregated like naturally. So that's why you have places like Chinatown. That's why you have places in Brooklyn where uh, Hasidic Jewish communities are very My prevalent. Question, though, is, was it naturally or was it volunteer? Like, I, how natural was it? This this is, has this has been like this since New York has been New York. Um, since you know the country was formed. It, My neighbor across the street, mm -hmm. Mr. Willie, born and raised in Bedsty. Mr. Willie, I do love Mr. Willie. <laughs> born and raised in Bedsty. Guess where he's at now? He got pushed out of his own neighborhood. Why? Because of gentrification. But we know New Yorkers. New Yorkers know New Yorkers racist as fuck. Because they, especially they don't. black men. Yes, they don't. And I'll, I'll, black men I'll, I'll, know it's racist. I'm they always get fucking harassed. Recently, I, um, I had dinner with a friend. And I was around his family. And they're, they're pretty much like, you know, born and bred New Yorkers. And, you know, my friend... You know, we were having a, a, a lengthy de debate talking about, you know, he's never even been to Texas. Mm. But his view, because it's a, it's a southern state, you know, is racist. And, you know, naturally, like, when you go there, like, you know, it's, it's not going to be welcoming. And, and you're going to be pretty much, like, greeted with hate. And it's like, I don't know, you know, where this... This uh, stereotype, the stereotype, or this misconception, or anytime you hear about racism, right, it's going to be in the South, especially Texas. Whether Alabama. it's on TV, whether it's in, and even like just in the election, when they talk about like every time they talk about race, they talk about the South. But I've literally lived here and experienced some things. So funny is that at that same dinner where he was telling me um, that, you know, how racist this place and thinking that, you know, I wake up to burning crosses in my yard because right. I grew up in the South. His niece is telling him in the same breath, like, well, actually, I lived in Bay Ridge. And one of the issues that I took place with Bay Ridge, which is an area in Brooklyn mm -hmm. that is populated with a, a lot, like a large, like, um, a large group of like Europeans. She was like, "It's extremely racist out there." Yeah, but you know right. what? Brooklyn is is very racist because my uh my homegirl, she was in a Jewish neighborhood. I, I love the Jewish people, you know. I know y'all own everything, so don't judge my ass. But she got hit by a racist uh, bus driver. Or she just she got hit by a bus driver. He was racist, girl. The whole town was racist. She said nobody came to defend her ass. She was on the ground. She had to go to hospital well, and shit. And those nobody communities. Like, she said they purposely hit her. She was across the street. She had a right-of-way in the, in the bus. The, the bus was already stopped and saw her and just hit her ass. Sad. I mean, I don't know if we know they did it on purpose. <laughs> they did that shit that's on purpose, girl. You and, black. You supposed to be defending her. And they didn't stop. So. The whole neighborhood kept fucking walking. So, right. Everybody saw her ass on the ground kept well, fucking Well, why walking. was she in their neighborhood like that? You should.
Why? I mean, but that's my point, though. New York never had to deal with themselves. It's, it's, it's their it's, neighborhood it's very, or it's our neighborhood. It is very segregated, and that's what people don't realize. Like, yep. New York... We we every every everybody may be like it may be an inclusive place where everybody can be free to worship and X Y Z, but it's not without it's this discrimination and it's discriminatory practices. Like it's not a melting pot; it's a stew. It it really is. (laughs) It's like like everybody can come here and I I agree with y'all because like I work. I have worked several jobs in corporate America. I worked in the cosmetic industry. I worked marketing in most of my jobs. I have had, you know, other people, well, mostly white people, they have never had black friends in their life. And I have heard so much racist shit up here in the South I have ever experienced. I had one lady on a job was like, oh, can you do this for me? I don't want to make you my little slave. Bitch. Wow. I had another job where... Like, I was trying to get a promotion on this job. I was doing a job. It was a marketing job for a while. One of my team members came to me and asked me, she's like, oh, can you copy this for me? What is your education background? Right. Bitch, I have a master's degree, bitch. Don't try me. Then my last boss, she, um, we used to go out to dinner and, and um, she was just like, who are you dating? Are you dating anyone? I showed her a guy I was dating. And guess what she said, y'all? Oh, no. She was just like, oh, he looks like a thug. Oh, gosh. I was like, how does he look like a thug? Because he has a Yankees baseball right. cap on. Right. Yeah. So that's just one aspect. So This we, dude had yeah. a master's degree, and she called him a fucking thug. See, so. here, the dog whistle is real loud. and Because it's not going to be blatant. It's, it's going to be real subtle. And maybe not even that subtle. That's why I record their ass. And yeah. then they don't promote us. Like, a lot of, like... I know I have a lot of black friends and it's hard for them to get promotions. I had a yep. homegirl at a company and she was working there for four or five years and never got a fucking promotion. Why she saw all these other little girls get promotions. It happens. No, like one of my homegirls, I met up one day for dinner and she's um, from Dallas, 34 years old, has had a very successful career as a bond trader. And then, so she was like, you know well, what? She got money, girl. Exactly. So she's like, you know, I've done this well. And so I've done well in Texas. What a, what better place to go for sales, financial, trading, all of that good stuff? So she comes here. And she wasn't getting any clients because they work through a distribution sort of setup where one person kind of distributes their, their clientele. Yeah. And basically her boss was like, you're very special. You have a niche group. What? Yeah. And so that meant that, you know, we're only going to pair you up with other black people. And sure enough, that's what they did. So she's over here missing money on a regular basis. And my whole thing is, look, I don't care if you like me. I don't care one way or the other. But don't hit my, don't hit my pocket. The crazy thing is, like, I feel like a lot of people in the South don't know. They don't really know this. Like, in New York, we work for headquarters of a lot of big companies. Yep. Like, when you look at all the shit that y'all be buying in the South, y'all be buying the designers, expensive-ass jewelry, the headquarters are in New York, and I have worked for a couple clients up here. I won't mention their names, but they're racist as fuck. I have dealt with some racism, so that's why I like to support black-owned businesses. Yeah. You think about New York City, it's a very competitive place. A lot of people are vying for the industry that you're in or the job title that you're in. You know, they tell you, you know, we grew up in the South thinking that, you know, education is paramount. And I still think that education is paramount. But the emphasis that I place on a college education now is extremely, it's totally different. 
I don't think that I necessarily place that same value on it, uh, just being in the digital age that we're in now. Right. And seeing... Yeah, white people shit. White well, people don't have to have an emphasis on education, but black people, we definitely do. I feel like you should okay. educate... All of our against our asses, unless we start our own fucking businesses. Exactly. We gotta have twice as education as the next person. Education don't really teach you... It teaches what? you how to fall in line. It doesn't teach you how to be a boss. But we're black. And be an entrepreneur. We our education. We're not unless we're starting our own company. We need our shit I feel just like to get we in the should. door. Who gonna teach us? What do you mean? We self teach ourselves. What are you talking about? How we gonna self teach ourselves? We need like I it's believe in abundance of w- information e- out there right now. The we live in a very digital age. Talented tiff. Not everybody, not everybody is meant to be leaders. I don't believe I everybody's like- meant to go to college though either. My little king is mad at y'all ass from the grave. Y'all up there dissing education. <laughs> we're not dissing education. We're not dissing education. Not even close. We are in a space where, you know, education is great. But if you seek y'all out other o- opportunities where, you know, you want to explore some entrepreneurial things, I'm all for that too as well. I'm not saying that, you know, black people can't, we're not great as entrepreneurs. I do feel like we need more leaders in our communities. We sure we, do. We don't have that many fucking leaders. So but I don't. Just out of hope, open up businesses. But shit. I don't necessarily and think then when that, we that do leadership. Shit, like, look at New York, for instance, Central Park, y'all. Central Park, they had a, like a community back in the day. And they tore that shit down. In Oklahoma, they had Black Wall Street. And right. what happened to that? They tore that shit down. Yep. It's not difficult for us to be successful, but it's a lot of odds against us. They want to see us not do well and not be successful. And they will do whatever they want to do to make us not successful. So we need more successful black people to actually teach us how to own these businesses and shit like that. See, and I'm right here like in the middle with the two I'm of you. I'm in the middle. The quickest way to not be a millionaire is to get a degree. Because typically what that means is you're going to go and get a quote-unquote good job. Right. That's the ceiling. You can fall in line. That's the ceiling. Because the thing is, I feel like once you get a degree, you're less likely to do whatever it's going to take to make you a millionaire. Right. Because you've gotten comfortable. You've got a title. And then so you're not going to strive for whatever it is. Because look at Bill Gates. Look at, I mean. That's a white man. I know. But my, that's my point. I'm going to straddle the fence on this one. Because it's like. To Andrea's point, I agree with her because when you get to that place, when you get a degree, you stop thinking outside the box. I disagree. When you stop thinking outside the box and you got your quote unquote good job, you're going to do anything else but be satisfied when you make six figures. You're like, I've made it. That's and not you're true. good. And then you go out and you get, get your so debt. We get so content. You get very like, y'all content Y'all looking at that. white people. Well, y'all got to realize no. we black. No, I, look, look at Oprah Winfrey. Okay, so how many black Maybe. people do you know? Oprah Winfrey's a billionaire okay. and okay. she okay. got a degree. Okay. Who then else? Then he went to HBCU. Hey. He still went to college. Right, but he didn't graduate. He made, and he was able to write his own tickets. But yeah. he made those connections by even going to college. You think he would have had those connections and learned what he learned in college? Maybe. If he didn't go to college? Because he's in New York City. Well, we don't know that. he also came from a relatively well-to-do family and like he was um I don't know, am I lying I, I don't, I'm not sure if he had a well-to-do family or if it was more so that maybe his mother more so like instilled like all right you need to do something he was middle class, with though. yourself because his father was a, a drug dealer I think so he had out money. of Harlem you know what I'm saying so I think no my point is for me it was that he had backing he had financial backing but like maybe his mother pushed him into that especially like you know, him losing his father at a young age. Well, 
I think getting a degree is limiting. I do too. I agree with you with in terms of if he went to college, he made connections. But we're not saying that it's a bad thing. We're just saying that like now in this day and age, I do people. think it's a little bit limiting. No, it's not. When you look, you got to look at the amount of successful black people that are actually successful with degrees. Agreed. I feel like most black people with degrees and even in entertainment, they're successful. Look at all the TV um, entertainment producers. But a lot of them went to HBCUs and a lot of them graduated and are successful. I'm now, saying- hang on. Let me get on the other side of this fence because my I do think on the other side of it, I do. I believe that education is the big equalizer. Right. I just don't believe that it's if everybody doesn't want to do that, they don't have to do that. And I believe that where we are right now in this day and age, I feel like a lot of people are creating their own opportunities. Not everybody has to go to college. So again, I'm straddling the fence here. But the flip side of it is, how else are we going to build the middle class amongst black people? I how else are we going to build a foundation for us to actually have children who can think outside the box. Because if we don't, if we don't get an education, if we don't quote unquote fall in line and get that quote unquote good job, then we cannot support our children. We cannot give our children um, the, the next opportunity. We cannot build wealth. We cannot generate the next generation. We have to have degrees and such where we can put our children in a place that we can pass on privilege. Because I don't think that we have the same privilege that white people have or that other people have. We don't have that same privilege. So we do need education. We do need to have that extra bit so that way we can provide a foundation. College is not just about, you know, what you learn in college. It's also about the connections that you make. Agreed. And what you can learn from other people. The connections that I made with other people. It's networking as well. True. So I feel like networking is also fundamental when you graduate and when you're trying to get these businesses. Like, look at us right now. How are we promoting our podcast? Through our friends, through our network. Yep. And that's what you get when you're in college. Your network is bigger. I agree with what Tasha's saying in terms of you have to have that community. Because like you said, how are we promoting our podcast? Yep. Our main connection is through college-educated black people. I think we have to have education to build that foundation. But the flip side of it is I think that we're just, that's the first line. I think that's just the first level of it. And then what are you going to do next? Right. And that's where you have your children. And then hopefully we get to a place that we can have enough of enough money and enough and enough power. That's just the word. We have enough power. Enough to money and enough resources. I want to use the word power because it's about being able to empower our children to make their own decisions. It's about having enough power to have our own business. It's about having enough power to say, I don't have to come into your white club and bribe you because I'm wearing tennis shoes. It's like we can go to our own places and be comfortable with that. Right. So this is a segment where we're blessing our heart. To anything that we feel like that's just ridiculous or just. When we say bless your heart in the South, we're not really trying yeah, to. Yeah, we being real shady. Yeah, let's, let's throw some shade at somebody right now. We're being so, a little bit shady. I think Yami's got something. So it's not to a particular person. Right. It's to a theme that just keeps popping up. What? This hashtag struggle love. What the fuck? I'm blessing hearts for all of those women who are in a relationship or situation. But I, and I love Pastor John Gray. His wife should not have endured more pain oh, in the eight years that they were child, married Lord. than from birthing him, a grown man, than she endured from birthing her two children. Even with Kimbella and Jules Santana, you oh, know. Lord. So she just—that was the most recent one that just made me say, "Okay, enough is enough." 
You know, because look, with John Gray, I don't know, because I heard that there were a lot of different replies, but when I initially heard that, that was just like, wow. But then we here we go to just some pure ratchetness on the other end of the spectrum with Cambella and Jewel Santana. Wait, like, she yeah, had to wait for this craziness. dude to lose all his teeth and get done Yo, cheating on her like, before he proposed like, to legit, her? Wait, like, I don't want to have to wait for you to lose all your teeth before you are ready to get down on one knee and propose to me after doing all your dirt from, you know, sleeping with other women, running these streets. Like, I, like, I literally... Nah, she what? better than me. I always say you can't trust a man with no teeth. I do too, girl. And <laughs> well, with two first names. I met a guy. He was a, a really handsome guy. And he had no teeth. I, I didn't know he had no teeth when I met him. I, I found out on Snapchat. And I was just like, I, I can't trust his ass. I remember you met him this he'll, summer, right? He'll do me, Baby, yeah, he'll do me just like Julie Santana. You can't trust nobody that's in their 30s and, and that's got a, a full set of dentures. I, I feel you He didn't you have no dentures, the man I was talking <laughs> well, to. Well, Jules Santana, he got a What's a wrong full, with his dentures? He's like 30. What's wrong with his dentures? He could have yeah. had a lot of cash well, and a lot of sugar as a um, child. And that's my whole thing. This whole concept right. of you're a good woman because you stood by your dude no. for all these years while no, he mistreated nigga. you and while he went through his he shit was cheating and I when heard. he was losing his teeth. I'm not going to ride with you for multiple years. Now, I understand she got two kids. You mad, her. girl. You mad. I'm not going to have two kids by somebody that's not really riding with me. But you, that's me. I'm, you I'm not. You no, mad. I mean, you just shouldn't ride with anybody who's not riding with you whether you have kids or not right. and so like this whole idea that you you prove yourself to be a good woman because you live through suffering right i can't get with that she's so, been beat up okay. by I random he, bitches i, know, well, I, I mean, think come he on. beat her ass though i think he did a family and that too that's what i'm saying like mm -hmm. you getting beat up you getting cheated on and you, and, and your nigga lose all his teeth but thank right. god so he what? finally proposed so what is it all for <laughs> yeah so you can say it. you married it's for not this toothless ass Nigga? Nah. I can't, nah, I'm no, man. I can't be marrying a man with his teeth looking like my grandpa. I can't be marrying a man that got dentures. I can't be marrying a man who beat my ass and cheat on me. <laughs> he can glue them in to keep them in, right? And they don't grow no damn dentures. Yeah, so we're gonna we gonna bless our hearts. So I'm, but yeah, you know what? I'm blessing all of the struggle loves what out it? there. Like it's not a beautiful thing because you stuck it out while your dude did you dirty. But my question is always, what are you giving up as a woman? Like the whole idea that women have to keep enduring and enduring and enduring till a man decides to grow up. Yeah. First of all, I really want to change this narrative. So we have our Gritty Girls Guide for Living in the City for the holidays. People c love coming to New York for the holidays. Right. Yeah. Or hitting you in your DMs like, well, what are we doing for New Year's? Or trying to stay with your ass. I, oh, know, Lord. I know, right? Hey, <laughs> I'm not hosting anyone. Hey, I, I love to host. I got a little layout couch. It's a little oh, uncomfortable. Nice. But, um, I'm going to let my cousins hosting. stay with your ass when they try to come and visit. They're going to stay right with you. All right. <laughs> It's about $25 a night. <laughs> you know, so there's a lot of beautiful things. One of my favorite things about being in New York is that every year during the holidays, I become a straight-up tourist. I love going to uh, Manhattan, or mm. the city, right. as we call it. You know, seeing the different things that are out there. So we've got uh, Rockefeller Center right. with a giant Christmas yes. tree. It's so beautiful. I love seeing that. And then we have um, Radio City Christmas, uh, the Radio City Christmas Spectacular. Yeah. I mean, like, you always hear about the Rockettes. I would, look, I was in drill they don't team get in paid, high school. girl. Those Rockettes don't get paid. I'm sure they don't, but they're yeah. living their dream. Y'all, Sally, Shit. I mean, I've, I've done parties. I go to clubs occasionally. You know, I'll turn up and do stuff like that. 
I I have not had my Christmas experience. I have not went down oh, to Rockefeller. Drea G, we're gonna take you out. Oh, I've been to um. Have you had a tree? Done the <laughs> Are you y'all serious? I see the tree. I took a picture with the tree last year, girl. Okay. That beautiful oh, tree. Y'all have to do I'm that. So not good. Like with. I oh, have not. look. Okay, wait. I think with friends, I've I've I went to like where the ice skating rink is, Bryant so, Park. Yeah. Stuff yeah, like you that. Be doing shit. But I haven't went. So. You'll be ice skating and shit. No, baby. Girl, I that's free, I think. Oh, no. that's so sad. No, you gotta look. get on you, that you date. You need to know how to skate. No. See, I think people really I need to take advantage of being a, a tourist in the city. And because this is the best time of the year to do it. Rockefeller Center this for the, the Christmas trees. Right. Stop lying to these people. Go to Radio City Hall and do the um watch the Rocket. And mm-hmm. then, you know, Fifth Avenue, those window displays. Oh my God, they're right. Bloomingdale's Saks, Macy's. Right. It's so all of that. Tell yeah. them about Kwanzaa Crawl. And then we have the Kwanzaa Crawl, it's Kwanzaa so, Pub Crawl. It's so much stuff going on in December. I know. That's and that's in Brooklyn and Harlem. Right. And it's hosted by Operation Mobilize. Yes. It's all black owned bars. Which is yeah. super. Dope. And it's real people. cool. So you should, you know, just check that out. Google Kwanzaa Crawl Operation Mobilize. A lot of young black professionals. So that's they got discount stuff for the drinks and shit. Because New York is expensive as fuck. Got these people know. I don't think so. You have to Look, pay to be to a part people. of it, and then you have to pay, pay your for your people. Drinks. New York is expensive for every fucking thing. And like coming up on Christmas. Uh, I've never had a tree here. Like Me I either. I'm I, too broke to buy I, a tree. Right. I don't have no space for a tree. <laughs> Shit. You do got space for it. No. I'm going to hang a wreath, though. I have a wreath. Right. Oh, that's cute, Or get girl. some poinsettias. Yeah. Oh. I'll get some poinsettias. They have been rough in New York. And I hang up some lights. Right. <laughs> but I feel like I feel like New York City, I don't want to say I feel like out of the season uh, being here because they are very festive, though. They you know, from Rockefeller, yeah. the trees. Uh, yeah, they got all this signage and best uh, bed as soon as the you lights. come. Yeah. yeah. They have all the lights, stuff. The street lights yeah, the lights. In, uh, Brooklyn. They very festive as fuck. They right. festive at my fucking job. They really are. They I tried mean, it Halloween come around, they festive. Thanksgiving, they, fe- they Christmas, festive as fuck. they yeah. festive. But yeah, they don't want to do. give me They no do gift. holidays here. They do holidays. <laughs> shit. My job, my boss was like, can you sneak in a real tree? I'm, I'm not doing that shit. How are you going to sneak in a tree? He wanted me to sneak in a tree because they every year they decorate, crazy decorate the office. And he was like, can you sneak in a real tree? I'm not doing that shit. If it catch on fire, my, my black ass is like Toast. in fire. Yeah, because they'll be <laughs> like, your toast mm. and fire. Right. I'm like, they, right. Some, they snuck in one last year. A real tree. What do they you do know, that in the year? middle of the night? I mean, how I don't know how to, my, they pass the security. It's, it's that new what shit. a tree. I mean, it's a Child. tree. And then for Times Square, I know, like, look, I have no oh, interest no, in being girl. in the crowd. For New Year's? Oh, hell to no. But. Y'all avoid that crowd, y'all. There's right. a way to That's do it. Cool. Like you can go ahead and get a nice hotel to get a group or of friends together. Or you can wear together. a diaper or in I'm wear not a wearing diaper? a diaper, no ma'am. Where's up the pins? That's what I hear about doing. that damn diaper mess. I'm like, no way. Right. That's damn, ridiculous. They, be so wait, they, wait out, hey, they wait in line. We are grown so ass crowded. people. We are professionals. Get a group of your friends together. Get one of them four digit hotel rooms. And watch the ball drop while you're in the middle of Times Square. If they got money like that, girl, people have oh, yeah. money. Look, get or, 10 friends with $100. You know what you could, like, go to, like, the corner of the street and see the ball drop. You won't be right no, in the middle. You shouldn't be out there because what's yeah, going to happen go is there. when you want to go home. I out there one time. When you want to go not home. Not in the crowd. Everybody and their mama is going to be going home, too. So. No, they, you're not going to go home right after the ball drop. You can go to the club or you can go to a bar and shit. Right. I wouldn't be nowhere down. I would be nowhere down that, it's near right. that ball me drop either. unless you know, I was in a proper hotel honestly, room. Honestly, New York right. is honestly, guys. Being my bougie ass. 
watching that ball drop me from too. a hotel room or on the rooftop of a hotel. Right, me too. That's I ain't going nowhere near that mess. Right. I'm going to be real with y'all. New York is expensive as fuck. New Year's Uber is going to be fucking expensive as fuck. That's so stay by your fucking hotel because it's going to be expensive. Uber be like $100 sometimes. Like, well, like That's peak time. From Brooklyn. And then the trains don't run. They run like on hour delays or two hour delays because I had a situation where I had to leave my homegirl by her damn self at two o'clock in the morning because I, I, I was trying to get on the train and go somewhere else. And I was like, bye girl. I just left her ass by herself at o'clock in the morning. This is a gritty girl's guide, not how to do the worst thing. <laughs> I'm telling them to avoid Ubers. Well, yeah. Okay. Avoid Ubers and wear diapers. <laughs> or get a group of your friends together and get a nice hotel right? and share that shit and watch the ball drop from the exactly. hotel. Exactly. Or Airbnb. Nice. Or that too. <laughs> you can find a fucking Airbnb. And there's also, um, there's, a, there's a little hotel called Casablanca that you can't see the rooms. You can't see the ball drop from the rooms, but at 11.45, they let you get on the roof and you can oh, watch it from nice, there. Girl. So, I mean, there's different ways like to do it nice it's without having to be in the crowd. Right. From 235th rooftop, they have a really great rooftop that's in Brooklyn and Dumbo. If you're here, um, and that's and in Williamsburg. the Brooklyn One Hotel. Yeah, like, it's so many rooftops popping up, but the one in Dumbo, I can attest to, is like the most breathtaking view. So, yes. So if you're in New York City, a rooftop, hitting up any of these spots that Yami suggested, that that's going to be the move. So that's where we're at. So just whenever you come to New York, check out your people who are here. The holiday season is so beautiful and festive. And so that's the Gritty Girls Guide. So um, we're going to end on this note that I received from my pastor um, just the other week. And um, if anyone of you have a Bible at hand, it's Luke chapter 4, verses 1 to 13. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes, Lord Jesus. Amen. Yes, fill the Spirit now. And in this scripture, he's talking about Jesus fasted for 40 days after he was at his high level in life. He got ordained by God. He's at his high. He went into the wilderness. When he was fasting, the devil approached him. Sometimes we may be at our high in life, and sometimes the devil may come in our lives. The devil could be in our lives. It could be that ex that you've been living your best life, been in a relationship, been doing great, and then then an ex or a negative person comes in your life and distracts you from what you're trying to focus on Mm -hmm. or be a temptation to your life. And sometimes we have to make sure we focus on the right track in life. You know, my main word of positivity yeah. Stay focused on the positive and not look back at the negative. Okay, right. don't let the devil slide into your DMs. Don't let the devil slide in your DMs. Don't let him. Well, amen. All right, now. Because well, I know Yami, Yami has some people slide in her DMs. I tell you, Facebook is the devil. Andrew, but, you had people slide in your DMs? Girl, no. They, they, they don't do too much of that. So No negative people? No devil? Mm, no. I kind of just dead them and just ignore them. So, nope. Damn, I must be just everybody. All the evil spirits in my DMs these yeah. days. Lord. See, I, did, I didn't know they were um, shady until they slid into my DMs. So, you know, I had... I, you know, like you said, whenever things are going great, you never know who shows up. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Grits in the City podcast. We want to hear from you. 
And we want to hear your story. Come and share with us if you have any yes. funny or heartwarming transplant stories. Wherever you're at, you could have yeah. moved to Chicago. You could have moved from New York to Texas. We want to hear from you. We yeah. want to hear your stories. Move to Africa. Hear about your experience. We want to Boom. hear. You could move to Africa, Europe, France. So we just want to hear your, your your transplant stories. We want to know that you're relating to us and that we're out here and that we're all kind of going through this together in some form or fashion. You can catch us on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud, as well as any other uh, platform that you get your podcasts on. So keep tuning in. We'll be here every Wednesday. We love you. Thank you. And we'll see you next week. Okay.